Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host, Brandy, and on this show we talk about all things wrestling, from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're going to be covering AEW for 714 and Impact for 715. So let's get into the action. Let's jump into the ring and let's start with AEW Dynamite for 714. Fighter Fest Night 1, guys. Fighter Fest Night 1. AEW, of course, opens with Moxley's match. Of course, a sold out arena in Texas, guys. Texas. Absolutely exciting. And of course, this match is for the IWGP United States World Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley versus Carl Anderson. Now, guys, for those of you who are probably scratching your head, for those of you who don't understand or don't understand, wait a minute. AEW's titles are always called AEW. IWGP. IWGP, GP, guys, is New Japan Pro Wrestling titles. So, John Moxley has had this title for a while. I am not kidding you guys, a while. He beat Lance Archer for this title, and he's had it ever since. He's defended it. Of course, we did have a pandemic, so that kind of did bring part of the issue. But, of course, he has defended it several times against Kenta and some others who have faced him for this IWGP title. So now we have one half of the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, deciding he's going to take on John Moxley for that title. Of course, Eddie Kingston comes out with Moxley. Moxley comes to the crowd with Eddie Kingston. Everyone loves it. And, of course, Doc Gallows does come out with Carl Anderson. Now, you know there's going to be trouble brewing somewhere with Doc Gallows out there and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's out there just basically as an insurance policy for Moxley. He's out there to make sure Moxley, you know, is safe from ambush by Gallows or one of other Don Callis' little stooges. He's making sure that he's safe. This is an incredible match. This really is. It really is an incredible match, a match for the IWGP Championship. Incredible. Carl Anderson really showcases what he can do. Moxley really shows what he can do. Incredible match. Of course, partway through the match, Doc Gallows does try to cheat and Eddie Kingston does make sure that doesn't happen and a fight ensues between Gallows and Kingston. He takes Gallows to the back. Gallows is out of it. There is no Gallows or Kingston to get involved in Boxley's and Carl Anderson match. And it's a great match guys. It's absolutely incredible. Now there is a difference between a regular AEW match and an IWGP match. I'm going to explain this to you so you understand the difference. In our matches, in a, like in AEW, WWE, and all that, most of them have a 20-minute time limit. They also, if you get outside the ring, have a 10 count. You have 10, minutes, 10 seconds to get back into the ring or you're automatically counted out. In IWGP, aka New Japan, totally different ball game. This time, instead of a 20-minute time limit, you've got a 60-minute. Instead of a 10-second count-out, you've got a 20-second count-out. See the difference? Getting the feel? If you're not quite sure, or you're kind of interested, it's got your senses tingling, go check out New Japan Pro Wrestling. I promise you, you're going to love it. It's incredible. Got some great competitors over there. Really great competitors. 
But, anyways, great match. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. Great, 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 great match. Of course, John Moxley does defeat Carl Anderson. Fair fight. Fair fight. And now he holds the record for the most defended IWGP United States Championships ever. Incredible. Good to see Moxley hit that. Interested to see who his next challenger for that IWGP title is going to be. Going to be interesting to see. Incredible to get to see a new... Like, there we go, guys. Forbidden door swung open, wide open, and we've got an IWGP title being defended in AEW. Loving this. Absolutely loving Tony Khan's Forbidden Door. Loving it. Looking forward to seeing who else might show up. Now, for those of you who are probably new and may have just joined this podcast and you're scratching your head going, Forbidden Door? What's that? I'm going to kind of get off this for a second and tell you guys, for those of you who are new, about the Forbidden Door, who may not understand what that means or what that entails. There's this invisible door that is absolutely standing there that forbids pretty much any other promotion that is not anybody from another promotion that is not signed to a company to come over to another company. Hence, WWE can't go to AEW. AEW can't go to Impact. Impact can't go to ROH. ROH can't go to New Japan. la di da di da di da It goes all around, covers Lucha Libre, it covers everybody. It's a forbidden door, an invisible door that permits, prevents any of that going on. Now, a few months back, Tony Khan broke that forbidden door wide open. He kicked it open. And what I'm saying, guys, is, is now, as it stands, with the AEW promotion... They are teamed with, and listen, for those of you who are new, listen. They are teamed with Impact Pro Wrestling, CLLM, AAA Lucha Libre, NWA, MWA, ROH, yes, you heard me right, Ring of Honor. And New Japan Pro Wrestling. You now have six, I count them, six groups, six different wrestling companies teamed together. Their people can cross over, come in, they can defend titles from their promotions on another promotion. Whatever happens, happens. Anybody can hold any title. The sky's the limit as to what can happen with these six, six promotions. It's going to be interesting. And so far, guys, we've seen some great crossovers. We, Of course, we know, for those of you who don't, I'm going to tell you, we know that Kenny Omega, the belt collector, holds the AEW title, the Impact title, the TNA title, because the TNA title and the Impact title have not been put together unified, and the AAA title. We know that he holds these. He is the belt collector. Then we have, of course, John Moxley holding the IWGP title. We've seen Finn Juice come over to Impact and face you know, Gallows and Anderson for the Impact titles, the tag titles, and win them. We've seen Finn Juice take those titles to New Japan and defend them. We've seen Kenta come over and attack John Moxley. We've seen a lot of crossovers, a lot of interesting crossovers, and you can only imagine what else we just might see. But I was trying to give those who are new what the forbidden door is so they understand when I say forbidden door, they know what I'm talking about. Six promotions, guys. Six big promotions are now unified together 
in a in a contract where they all work together not looking good for another promotion that we know that I sponsor not very that I talk about not looking very good does it but of course like I said the IWGP title was defended it's an incredible match great match John Moxley still IWGP IWGP United States Champion absolutely incredible well after the match we all know Lance Archer for those of you who don't know Lance Archer go look Lance Archer up he is known as the Murder Hawk Monster and he works with Jake the Snake Roberts. For those of you who don't know. For those of you that do. We all know what Jake Roberts and Lance Archer are capable of. And we're all wondering. What's next on the list? What could they be stirring in the pot? What could they be coming up with next that's going to shock us? Well Jake's trying to calm Archer down. Archer is fuming. You can see it. He's pacing. Jake's trying to tell him. No, 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 no. no. Do it this way. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Archer can't be contained. Once the murder hawk monster gets off, there's no containing it. So, Lance says, I have a great idea. I have a brilliant idea. I want a shot at you, Moxley. I want a shot at you. And not only do I want a shot at you, but I want a shot at your IWGP United States Championship. The last time that we faced it, we faced each other for that title, we tore the house down. Guys, they faced each other in New Japan Pro Wrestling for that title. Lance Archer was the champion. John Moxley took it off of him. But it was in a, Dex, in a Texas death match. If you've not seen this, go look it up. I can't even describe it. It's absolutely a brutal, and I mean brutal, match. But it's an incredible one. So it's interesting to see that Lance wants to go round two. And he tells him, look, Next week at Fighter Fest, night two, in Dallas, Texas, I want to face you for the IWGP title. And I want to face you in a Texas death match. Last time we saw this, Moxley took the title off of Archer. And it was in New Japan. You can only imagine what this match is going to look like and how brutal this thing is. I've seen... I've seen the match between him and Moxley. It is nasty. It is These two do not walk out unscathed. I promise you. They did not walk out uninjured. There was no way they did. It was absolutely brutal. Brutal, brutal match. And like I said, the last time we saw it, it was in the Tokyo Dome in Japan. So you can only imagine if Tony Khan goes with this, how this is going to be. It's going to, you're going to get to see this match, and you're going to get to see what I saw from New Japan. It's absolutely, absolutely brutal. It is beyond understandable. It's absolutely brutal, and you're going to have to tune in to see what happens. You're going to have to tune in and watch. Well, Alex Marzez cuts up with Andrade, and he basically says he wants to fight for any championship. Any person in the forbidden door that wants to come fight me, I want to fight you. Anybody. Remember, guys, what I told you. There's six promotions in the forbidden door. The sky's the limit as to what title Andrade could want and who he could face. There's six. So it could be anybody from Lucha Libre to ROH to NWA. It could be anybody. The sky's the limit as to who he can, he can face. Somebody in Impact. The sky's the limit as to who he can face. But he's also looking for the Death Triangle. He wants to know where Ray Phoenix, El Cerro Miedo, Pinta, and, of course, Pac is. 
the bastard pack. He's looking for them. He wants to know where they are. We all know Ray Phoenix is out with an injury. Pack is out with an injury. And we know that Penta just had a grueling match with Eddie, with teamed with Eddie Kingston against the Young Bucks. So we, <clears throat> we know <clears throat> Penta's not up to par. So it's going to be interesting. Why does he want the Death Triangle? What is Andrade a Libro thinking? What does he want? What is Andrade after? Going to be interesting to see who responds next week from Death Triangle. Could we see all three of them? Could they all be coming back? Who Does he want to join Death Triangle? Who knows? Sky's the limit as to what's going to happen. Me personally, I would love to see Andrade versus either El Cerro Miero or Ray Phoenix. I would love to see it because that's two Lucha Libres from Lucha Underground going at each other. It's only You can only imagine what's going to happen. It's going to be an incredible match. I promise you it will be. Well, now we get, of course, we know what's been going on with Team Taz. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to bring you up to speed. Team Taz has been having some issues with Ricky Starks and, of course, Brian Cage. Brian Cage is the FTW champion. Now, the FTW title is not recognized in AEW as an official title. So, it's kind of Taz's little thing with his little group. And Ricky and Cage have been having some really serious issues. And Taz has been trying to get this group to get along. Trying to get them all to get along. And, of course, Hobbs and poor Hook have been stuck in the middle of this feud. And it's not been good for any of them. And it's been an ongoing battle. So, finally, Taz has come up with a solution. He wants to put the FTW title on the line for Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. Hoping this time maybe this will solve the problem. The fight will be over. Team Taz can get back to doing what they're doing. Trying to win belts and making a name for themselves at AEW. I agree. I think it's a great way to end this feud. But I smell a rat. I'm going to call a rat a rat. And that's what I smell. I smell a rat. There's something not right in the Team Taz situation. But anyways, we do get that match. And it's an incredible match. Taz is on commentary like I've told all of you. Taz on commentary, it's it, I love him. I love him on commentary. I love him. He's absolutely hilarious. You know, he's fun. If you've not seen him, go check him out on commentary. Go watch, go on their YouTube channel and check out AEW Dark. I promise you guys, you will love it. It is absolutely hilarious. He sings along to Jungle Boy's music. He gives you great facts on wrestling that maybe you didn't know. You learn something new from Taz every time he's on commentary. So it's interesting that he's on commentary tonight, and I'm excited to see him on there. And it's incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. At one point, Brian Cage ran you. Know, Ricky tries to climb up to do this little move on the ropes, and literally Brian Cage hits the ropes and crotches Ricky Starks. <laughs> it takes me back to when AJ got crot crotched in WWE. It takes me back that far. It's absolutely hilarious. And he does the same thing Cena and them did back with AJ Styles. He starts bouncing the ropes on Ricky. And you can see Ricky's in pain. And Cage is loving it. It's absolutely, it takes me back that far. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to laugh. But it's absolutely hilarious. You would have to watch it to understand why I'm laughing so hard. It's absolutely hilarious. But it's a great match absolutely great match you're not quite sure where Hobbs and Hook are going to stand Taz is rooting for both people he's wanting Cage to retain his title but he's also wanting Ricky Starks to win it's a back and forth match but then like I said I call a rat as I see a rat and there was a rat Ricky Starks tries to use the FTW title on Brian Cage Hobbs stops him 
Hobbs takes the title away, goes, no, 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 no. You're not going to win that way. Walk away. Leave it alone. Go back in there and fight it. Well, then Hobbs turns around, and while Hook's got the ref distracted, hits Brian Cage with his FTW title, giving Ricky Starks the win and a new FTW champion. Brian Cage is out of Team Taz. I told you guys, when I smelled a rat, I knew there was a rat. And, of course, there was. Hobbs was the rat. Well, after that, Cody comes out. Now, we know what's been going on. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to bring you up to speed just a little bit. For those of you who don't know, and I'm telling you, if you don't know, go look on your social media, but I'm going to bring you up to speed anyways. Last week, during Road Rager, Cody had a great match with QT Marshall. And we know everything's been going on with QT Marshall. We know what happened. Arn Anderson is out there having a nice little chat about, you know, happy to see the fans back, everything looking good. You know, Arn doing his own thing with Tony Schiavone, and the lights go out. Now, guys, keep in mind, last week on Road Rager, they were in Miami. Hurricane Elsa was going through, so we knew that that could be a factor in the lights going out. But as I told you guys last week, and I'm telling those who are new who may not have seen it or may not have heard it, that's not the reason the lights went out. Alistair Black, a.k.a. Tommy N., made his appearance last week on Road Ranger as Malachi Black. You heard me correctly. The former WWE superstar, Alistair Black, is now Malachi Black in AEW. Huge. Huge. You could, I'm telling you, the, the doors are swinging open. Huge. Absolutely huge. But Cody, of course, he also got took out by Black Mass in that match. So Cody kind of has, you know, a beef with Malachi Black, and I get that. I absolutely get that, which leads up to Cody coming outside to address the issues and to get in the ring and address the issues with Malachi Black and what Malachi Black did last week. You can tell Cody's mad. Oh, you can see it. The American Dream is fired up. You know he is mad. He is absolutely mad. And basically he says, look, I don't want to, you know, don't want to, you know, Toot my horn on what I did last week, beating, you know, you know, QT Marshall. But what you did to a veteran last week, a 60-something-year-old man, Malachi Black, does not stand with me. It does not stand with me. It doesn't sit with me. I don't like it. I want you out here, and I want you out here now. We need to have this confrontation now. Malachi Black pops up on the Titantron and starts, here we go. Instead of story time with Drew, guys, we have story story time with Malachi Black. I'm loving this. I'm loving that these these superstars are using story time. I love it. But he starts telling the story about a person that he knew that had a horse. And he basically uses the horse as an example for Cody. When the horse outlives its uses, you take it out to pasture and you shoot it. It's pretty much what he was saying. Pretty much. The gist of it. And Cody's just not having it. He's like, look, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I don't like it. Get out of here right now. I want to deal with you right now. Malachi Black takes off his glasses and goes, I thought you'd never ask. Lights go out. Again, pitch black in the arena. Lights come back on. There is Malachi Black standing in the ring. Literally standing in the ring across from Cody. And it's 
on. They are on each other, tearing each other apart. It's so bad security has to come out. Tony Khan has to send security out to break these two apart. They are literally trying to tear each other apart. It is absolutely incredible. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing what Malachi Black can do in AEW that he couldn't do in WWE. WWE blew their shot when they had Malachi Black, a.k.a. Aleister Black. Now, they realize they've screwed up. He's in AEW, and I'm telling you, they're literally, that was the number one trending thing all over the internet. The return of Aleister Black, a.k.a. Malachi Black in AEW. AEW is getting interesting, guys. It's getting interesting. I'm telling you, you want to kind of keep an eye on the six, six forbidden door promotions that are working together. You want to watch it closely because you're not quite sure who's going to kick the forbidden door open next and what's going to happen. Interesting to see what happens. Hoping that Tony Khan sets up a fight between Malachi Black and Cody because it's going to be interesting. Of course, Alex Marvez is in the back, and he's talking to Tully Blanchard about what happened last week involving FTR and Wardlow with Santana and Ortiz and Hager. Guys, that was a brutal match. It was an absolutely brutal match. Inner Circle, of course, did not come out on top. I didn't like it. I was kind of mad about it. Didn't like the way any of that match turned out. I'm not saying that FTR and Wardlow aren't great. They are. They're fantastic. But, but, I emphasize that, but, I still have a problem with the way the inner circle lost. It, it bugs me. It boggles the mind. Santana and Ortiz and Hager are really good competitors and they should be given the respect where the respect is due. They've been in AEW a lot longer than FTR and Wardlow. They've been in it a lot longer so they need to be given respect. That's just what I'm saying. But of course Tully's praising about what his boys did and blah 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 and Santana and Ortiz come up out of the blue and grab Tully Blanchard. Shocking. I mean, they grab Tully Blanchard and they pull out this tire rancher. You think they're going to hit him with it? You really think, oh, they're about to take Tully Blanchard out with one hit. And Santana starts laughing and goes, you really thought this was real? Taps him on the head with that tire wrench and it's a rubber tire wrench. It's not even real. It's fake. Tully Blanchard is literally sweating thinking he was about to get beat up with a fake tire wrench. Absolutely hilarious. They trick him and then they walk off walk off. Absolutely incredible what they're doing with the Pentacle and the Inner Circle right now. I look forward to what's going to happen every week. I look forward to see what is going to happen between these two factions because these two factions are literally dominating AEW right now and it's incredible to see what they're going to do. So then we move on. Tony is in the ring and he's talking about the elephant in the room that we've all been talking about. The elephant that's obviously in the room. Now for those of you who are going elephant in the room, what are you talking about? Kenny Omega, the God Kenny Omega, let me emphasize that, the belt God, the wrestling God, has been dominating AEW. Not only has he been dominating AEW, but he's been dominating Impact all at once. I mean, he's AEW champ and Impact champ. He's been dominating it. This man is really showing what kind of a wrestling God he truly is. But he's underestimated a lot of things. Sometimes Kenny gets a little bit ahead of himself and isn't really thinking clearly. And he's not looking in his review mirror. And I'm I'm just going to say this as it is. Kenny, he's, a, he's an incredible... I love him. He's an incredible in-ring performer. I'm not going to say he isn't. He's absolutely fantastic. 
absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I love him. I love him as an in-ring performer. I'm not going to say that he isn't. He is. But Kenny, like I said, him and Don Callis have tunnel vision. They're not paying attention to what's behind them. They're not looking clearly. Number one, they're claiming to be the best in the world. Don Callis is. Kenny really isn't, but Don is. He's claiming he's the best wrestler in the world. Better than any other wrestler in any other company, in any other promotion in the world. He's claiming that Kenny is going to collect every belt that there is in every promotion that he can get his hands on. They're calling themselves basically the elite, saying they're too sweet. Now, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who may be new, or for those of you who are scratching your head, Kenny Omega used to be the leader of the Bullet Club. For those of you who don't know who the Bullet Club is, I'm just going to say go to New Japan Pro Wrestling and check it out. Type it in your search bar and go look at it. I'm not even going to go into it because that's a whole other can of worms. But he used to be the leader of the Bullet Club. Bucks, they used to be in the Bullet Club with him. So did the Good Brothers. Well... Kenny is no longer the leader of the Bullet Club. There is a new leader. For those of you who are New Japan Pro Wrestling stars, you know who I'm talking about. As I like to call him the boogeyman himself, Jay White, a.k.a. Switchblade. We all know this. We're not dumb. But again, like I said, he's claiming all this stuff. He's forgetting, again, Callus and him in Tunnel Vision. Number one contender for the AEW title. Hangman Adam Page. Number one contender and... His opponent for Slammiversary, <laughs> the death machine himself, Sammy Callahan. Your tunnel vision again, you're not looking. But you're also not paying attention that the boogeyman could be on your back and you're not even looking. I mean, you're literally pushing Switchblade to the point of no return. And if that man comes to AEW or Impact, you're out of luck. Your time is up. You don't want that man showing up. So I suggest... Stop pushing it. But of course, Don Callis tunnel vision again. But he's not paying attention to his opponents and the people he's ticking off. He's not looking. Tony Schiavone brings out the one that he's not paying attention to in AEW. And I'm talking about the number one contender, Hangman Adam Page. We all know Page and Kenny. Page used to be part of the Bullet Club. He also used to be part of the Elite. Him and Kenny were tag team champions in AEW. They've been champions all over the world. We know that they are best friends. They've been best friends for a very, very long time. Well, now, apparently, Kenny, when he became this big champion, took the bucks and left Paige behind. Paige was left behind. Absolutely left behind. Kenny turned his back on him, left him, done. Again, not paying attention. Paige is the number one contender. He doesn't think Paige has the guts or the gall to come after him for the AEW title. Meanwhile, Paige is over here with the Dark Order, and the Dark Order is basically saying Paige is good enough to get that title. Paige is good enough to stand up to Kenny. He's not afraid of Kenny Omega. He's not afraid of him. He can stand up to him. He can take on anybody that stands in his way, and the Dark Order is standing up for Paige. Well, Tony's in the ring, and Hangman out of Paige comes out to address the situation. Because we all know the Dark Order has been coming out every time Kenny Omega's been out there for the past couple of weeks basically promoting Hangman Adam Page versus Omega. We've seen that. We know what's going on. So, Page is out there to address the situation. He's ready to stand up and say, yes, I want to face him, or no, I don't. He's ready to stand up. 
And he comes out. We all know, like I said, he is the number one contender. Another tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. And Tony asks him about Omega. And basically he says, he won, he's been wanting since day one, since he came to All Elite Wrestling, since day one, day one, he's wanted to be All Elite Champion. That's what he's wanted since day one. That was his end goal. That's what he wanted. That's what he was after. And here he stands now as the number one contender for the AEW title. And his best friend has that title. He's like, look, the Dark Order's right. I have an opportunity here I can't pass up. I can't pass up this opportunity. This is a golden ticket. This is my opportunity to get what I wanted since day one. Whether I have to go through Kenny Omega, my best friend, or not, this is, this is what I want. This is what I've been after, and I have an opportunity. They're right. I, I, I need to take that opportunity, grab it by the bullhorns, and go after it. So he says, look, I'm challenging Kenny Omega for the AEW title. Well, Don Callis and the Elite come out. Who did not see this coming? Who did not see the Tunnel Vision boys finally realizing, uh-oh, we might have pissed off someone else other than Sammy Callahan. We might need to do a 180 and do damage control here. They come out. And, of course, they've pretty much been running everything for months. Kenny Omega, Don Callis, the Bucks, and the Good Brothers, and their little stooges, uh... Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler have been running AEW Ragged and Impact Ragged for months. They have been making everybody in those two companies' lives a living hell. It's been absolutely crazy. But they come out, and Matt Jackson, he walks up there and goes, No, 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 I've got something to say to Paige right now, and I'm not scared to walk up and say it to his face. So he steps into the ring, and he claims, Hey, you abandoned us. You left us. What? Huh? Am I watching the same AEW Matt Jackson's watching? Because I know for a fact, for a fact, I told y'all earlier, Kenny Omega and the Bucks, after they got their big fame and glory, left, left Hangman Adam Page in the dust. They didn't just leave Hangman Adam Page. They left Cody Rhodes too. But we're not going to go in that. Cody's not part of the story. But they left them in the dust. And you're going to claim that Page abandoned you? I don't know what AEW you're watching. Or what AEW you're performing in Matt Jackson. But it must be an alternate universe. Because we all know you abandoned him. That's what you did. That's exactly what you did. We're not stupid. But... Paige gets in his face and literally, I mean, there you could cut the tension with a knife. Matt is just dissing at Paige every which way, but he can think of. Paige finally knocks Matt Jackson on his butt. I mean, knocks him down, takes Matt Jackson out in front of the entire elite, in front of Dark Order, wipes him out. In front of Kenny Omega, just takes him out. Literally. Well, here comes the goon squad. Getting in there trying to attack. Dark Order ain't having it. They're taking them out. They're getting rid of them. Blah, blah, blah. Kenny tries to get in. Sneaks up with the AEW title. And stops. Because Paige turns around. Kenny just freezes. I mean, literally, you can see that frozen stare. Like, uh-oh. Maybe my tunnel vision should have been not tunnel vision. Maybe I should have had my head on a swivel because this man is looking dead at me and he's serious. He wants to whoop my butt. I see it. 
He stops. Paige gets out of the gets right in and says, Look, I want a match with you. I want that title. I want it. I want that title. And he goes, Look. Kenny goes, No, 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 no. We're not going to do it this way. Here goes Kenny doing his negotiations. As Kenny, classic Kenny is. Him and Don Callis are down there conspiring. And you can see there's a plot of brewing. You can see it big time. You can see the pot stirring. And you know Callis and Omega are up to no good. But you're going to go with it just to see what Kenny comes up with. Kenny tells him, okay, 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 I got an idea. got an idea. Since you seem to think you're so great and you seem to think that you can take me on, why don't we have a five-on-five elimination match? Your boys versus my boys. What do you say? You like it? You think it's a great idea? What do you say? Paige goes, oh, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah, Paige goes, but I have a stip. Ooh. When Paige puts a stip in, it can't be good for Omega. He says, look, if I win, I get my shot at your AEW title. Oh, but that's not up. Oh, there's more. And my boys get a shot at the Young Bucks AEW tag team titles. Oh, Kenny is mad. The Bucks are mad. Oh, it's just, ooh, the pot is really stirred. I mean, literally, that tunnel vision person they weren't paying attention to just stirred the pot and made it boil. It's boiling. He's not happy. You can tell Kenny is not happy. Kenny's just not happy about it. Paige is grinning like a Cheshire cat. The, hey, hey, Dark Order loves it. They're like, yeah, we'd love to get that shot. Let's, yeah, let's do this. But then Kenny goes, well, let me tell you something. There's nothing in it for me. If we get in this elimination match and you win, you get your shot. But what if I win? What do I get? There's nothing in it for me. So here's what I'm going to propose. If you guys win, you get the shot. You get the shot. Your boys get the shot at my tag titles. And you get a shot at my AEW title. But if you boys lose... Not only will they lose their shot at the tag titles, but you have to walk away and from ever getting this AEW title from me. Ever. That shocked me to the core because it took me back to AEW when it first started and Cody Rhodes had that same thing proposed to him and he never gets a shot at the AEW title, ever. It took me back to that. And I'm thinking, why in the world would we do this again? Why in the world would we put ourselves through this again? I mean, I have no doubt that Paige can win. As long as the Stooges don't cheat. But still, why would you do that twice to two great competitors who deserve all the accolades that they, that they, they earn? Why would you do that to two? Because so what do you say? Dark Order's trying to convince... Page not to go with it. He, they're trying desperate to, hey man, no, 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 no. Don't do it. Adam, don't do it. Adam, don't do it. Adam goes, you're on. I was in shock. I was right along with Dark Order. I'm like, what? You're going to give up your opportunity at that AEW title just to prove a point. Just to prove a point. Then it got my head scratching. It put me back to what I have said. The forbidden door. The forbidden door. Keep that in mind, guys. What has Paige got up his sleeve? What's he up to? 
Could the, could the forbidden door play a key? Could the forbidden door, someone from one of those other promotions, play a part? Could Kenny use the forbidden door for one of those promotions to play a part? What could happen? The sky's the limit as to what could happen. We don't know who would show up. We don't know what tricks either one of them, because they both know each other so well. We don't know what tricks they're going to pull. We don't know what's going to happen. But it's going to be interesting to see what Tony Khan, if Tony Khan makes this happen, what Paige could be up to, what the Dark Order could be up to, what Kenny could have brewing. The sky's the limit as to what's going to happen. This elimination match is going to be interesting. And I'm going to be interested to see if Tony Khan approves it and if we're going to see it. Because it's, I, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. And I have a feeling it's going to come down to it being between Kenny and Hangman Adam Page. I foresee those two duking it out in the final battle. I foresee it. I really do. In my opinion, Page wins this. Page gets to go for Kenny Omega's title. But we drag it out. We drag it out to September's All Out. To me, that would be the epic moment for Dark Order and Paige to get those titles off of Kenny and off the Bucks. That would be the perfect ending to a perfect storyline. It would be perfect, absolutely perfect. Stretch it out to All Out. And let's see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this elimination match. If, if Tony Khan approves it and if we're going to get to see it and when we're going to see it. And what tricks these two might have up their sleeve. Telling you guys. Forbidden door. That's all I'm saying. Forbidden door. So then we catch up with Alex Marvez. And he's talking to Chris Jericho about you know all these stipulations that, that MJF has put in Jericho's way. To keep Jericho busy until he has to face. We've seen MJF do this before. He did it with Cody Rhodes way back in when. He put all the May Cody Rhodes jump through hoops just to get to face him. Now he's doing the same to Jericho. MJF, your little hoop jumping backfired on you all the way up with Cody till you face Cody. Do you really think that your little hoop jumping again is gonna backfire on with you is gonna backfire and you're gonna win this whole thing? I foresee Jericho taking the whole thing. I foresee Jericho fixing the whole thing. It, 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 it's coming. But he's gotta go through five opponents to face MJF. Five. Count of five. And MJF gets to select the opponents. Tell me how that's fair. Not, but it's MJF, so what can I say? He never plays by the rules. But he's talking. And of course, Sean Spears comes in with a chair and takes a cheap shot. And takes Jericho down. I mean, takes him down with a cheap shot with a chair. MJF comes strolling in and goes, well, I told you you had some hoops to jump through. Here's your first obstacle. You've got to face your first opponent of my choosing is Sean Spears. But here's the catch. It'll be a chair match. And you can't have a chair. Only Sean Spears can have a chair. Tell me how that's fair. Tell me how that is fair. It does not seem fair to me, but okay, what do I know? Apparently, I don't know. But I smell something brewing. We know what's been going on with Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears. We know exactly what's been going on. Jericho can't have a chair. Sean Spears can. In a chair match, it's a no DQ. Automatically no DQ because the chair is involved. 10 to 1. 10 to 1, I bet you MJS playing backfires and Sammy Guevara takes out Sean Spears with a chair. 
10 to 1. I see it coming. I see it coming. MJ's little plan is going to backfire like you wouldn't believe because Jericho has the inner circle and they've got his back. No matter what he throws at him, he's got him. MJF just screwed up with that chair match. That's an ODQ. Automatically, no DQ. Gonna be interesting to see what happens. Of course, we've been waiting all this time for Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. We know what these two are capable of in the other promotion, and you know what I'm talking about. They were electrifying in every match they had. So we were waiting the build up and the anticipation, and finally we get Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. This is an incredible match, guys. Absolutely incredible match between these two competitors. They really showcase what they could do like they always have in their entire illustrious careers what they could do. They're amazing together. Absolutely great match. Fantastic match. Christian Cage does win that match. It's an incredible win. It really is. I promise you it's absolutely incredible. But after the match of course he does win with kill switch, this kill switch. After the match his boys come out. Private party Hybrid 2, they all come out and start attacking Christian Cage. The Hardy family has arrived and they're going to take out Christian Cage. Well, they kind of underestimated that Christian Cage has some friends in the back. And out comes Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. And they clear the freaking ring. Clear it. Matt Hardy and them run for the freaking hills to get out of the way of Luchasaurus. You guys haven't seen Luchasaurus? Go look him up online. I promise you guys, you're going to see just how incredible this in-ring competitor is. He's absolutely incredible. After the match, Christian Cage is sitting up on Luchasaurus' shoulders. This man's tall. He's a tall Lucha. He's a tall Lucha Libre. I mean tall. And of course, you see that look? Jungle Boy's not too happy about it, but he goes along with it. So I'm not quite sure if they're going with Jungle Boy eventually turning on Christian Cage or what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. But I like this little alliance with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy, Marco's son, and Luchasaurus. I kind of like this little... I really do. I really like this little... You know, match up with you know, a little setup with them. I like it. Well, now from going from Malachi Black telling story time to Miro telling story time. Miro is the current TNT champion, and he seems to think that he is the is God's champion. That he is here to save AEW from the evil that rides in AEW. Miro is literally off his rocker. I'm not saying that Miro isn't a great champ. Anytime that Miro has ever had a championship in his entire career, Miro has been incredible. The problem I have with Miro is, is this whole I am a God's champion thing. I'm not buying it. I'm not really seeing that you know you're gonna do this you're gonna be great. I don't I mean I see you having this title for a little bit, but I see someone coming after it. And I'm just sitting back. Probably like some of you out there in the listening world are just sitting back waiting for Kip Sabian to return and take out Miro. You're just waiting for it. You're sitting back, biding your time, saying it's coming. It's coming. When is Kip coming back? When are we going to see Kip Sabian take him out? It's it's a matter of time. It's a matter of when. And I'm waiting to see who's going to challenge Miro next and when Miro has to face judgment. 
by Kip Sabian. I'm waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it. Again, Tony Schiavone is in the ring. Tony Schiavone's a busy man tonight. He's a very, very busy man tonight. And he calls out Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D, to the ring. And, of course, we all know that she will be defending her title next week against Nyla Rose at Fighter Fest Night 2. We all know that that's happening, and she basically says she isn't worried about Nyla Rose. Vicky and Nyla are, you know, are in the back watching, and they're listening to everything that Britt Baker's saying. And Britt Baker, you know, being that dominant champion that Britt Baker is dominant. I mean, she's dominant. You know, she says, Nyla isn't anything special, and that she's just not all that great, and blah, blah, blah. Vicky's just riding on Nyla's coattails. You know, she's just, you know, you know, waiting for the opportune moment to take Nyla out. You know, Britt Baker does what Britt Baker does. Fantastic champion. Love her being champion right now. Absolutely incredible. Looking forward to seeing what happens between her and Nyla Rose. They've had fights in the back and past. And I'm telling you, Britt Baker has beat Nyla before. So, she could do it again. It's highly possible that she could beat Nyla Rose again. It's very possible. It's just a matter of what's going to happen next week in Fighter Fest Night 2. Is she going to beat her? Can she beat her? What's going to happen? It's going to be interesting. But Vicky doesn't like what she said. Vicky does not like what Britt Baker said. And she lets her know that she's had it. She's done. And Nyla lets her know that she's going to take her title. And there's going to be nothing that poor little Britt Baker can do to stop her. Nyla Rose, guys, if you've not seen this woman, she is a dominant force. I mean, a dominant force. She is someone you need to take notice. She's someone you need to watch because this... She is. She's dominating. She is a powerful champion, and you do not want to tick her off. When she has a title, even when she doesn't have a title, she's lethal, and you don't want to tick her off. And she's got Vicky Guerrero, and we all know what Vicky Guerrero is capable of. We've seen what she's done in her illustrious career, so we know what she can do. Don't make her mad. It's not going to be pretty, guys. It's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be interesting to see who retains, who keeps the title, or who loses the title at Fighter Fest. It's going to be interesting. John Moxley's on the screen and he's responding to Lance Archer's challenge for the IWGP United States Championship in a Texas death match. And he says, Sure, next week, we're on. Let's do it. Let's go for it. We're going to, yeah, well, let's do it. Let's just let's, let's, let's do it. Guys, this match is going to be brutal. I'm warning you guys. It is not for the faint of heart. It is going to be brutal. So if you want to see it, watch it. But if you don't, look away. It's it's an amazing match. I promise you it is, but it's brutal. It's not for the faint of heart, so caution when watching this watching this match. Caution. Take caution. Promise you it's not gonna be it's not gonna be pretty. So we get to see now like I told you guys, Forbidden Door's been swinging open a lot. A lot. We've been seeing a lot of competitors coming from other companies and those six companies that are involved in this little promotion thing coming through the forbidden door and we get to see another one of course on dark a few months ago we got to see the return of a great tag team involving wheeler Ye uh, yeti and uh trent from uh best friends they were tag team partners back in new japan pro wrestling and they reunited on aew dark Fast forward to current. Now, we, Trent, we know Trent is out. We know that he's had an injury and he won't be back for a little bit. So, yet he's been kind of hanging out with Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. 
Now, for those of you who don't know who he is, Wheeler is from New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's one of those other Forbidden Door people that came through, and he's incredible. He is an incredible in-ring competitor. For those of you who are wanting to know where is he in New Japan Pro Wrestling, he is part of the junior heavyweight division. So he's absolutely incredible to watch. He's incredible to see. He's amazing. It's an absolutely amazing, amazing find. I mean, amazing to have him in AEW. Good to see him there. But he has a match against Sammy Guevara. This is going to be an incredible matchup between two great competitors. And it really is. It's a great match. It's incredible. Wheeler really showcases what he can do, and Sammy Guevara really pushes him to his limit. The Spanish God is amazing. If you guys have not seen The Spanish God, please go check out Sammy Guevara. You won't be disappointed. He's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. With or without Jericho, he's incredible. But it's a great match. It absolutely is a great match. And he really showcases to the world what Wheeler really is going to bring to AEW. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's a great match. Of course, it does end with Sammy Guevara winning that match. But it was a good match. I promise you guys, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's a great match. Well, again, Tony Schiavone. Busy again. I swear this man is a busy man tonight. He's a seriously busy man. And he's talking to QT Marshall. QT is not happy about losing to Cody at Road Rager. He's not happy about it at all. And he tells Tony how he feels about it. And how Tony's disrespecting him. How you know, AEW is disrespecting him. How you know everybody's disrespecting him. And he pours juice on Tony Schiavone. I mean he pours his entire juice cup on Tony Schiavone and walks off. QT Marshall is a, he's, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He's an amazing in-ring competitor. As a heel, he makes you hate him very easily. He makes you really hate him very, 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 very much. Cody knew what he was doing when he brought QT Marshall to AEW. He knew exactly what he was doing. And I'm telling you, if you haven't seen QT, go look him up. He's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, come on. If he wasn't a good in-ring performer, would Diamond Dallas Page have given him the diamond cutter as one of the finishers? Nope. But he, he, he did. That shows how good of an in-ring competitor he is and how much Dallas and Cody just adore him. It shows just how good he really is. It really does. So then we get Penelope Ford versus Yuka. The Magic Girl! She is back! For those of you who are scratching your head on that one, she is also part of the Forbidden Door and she's also from Japan. Guys, Yuka's been on AEW before, but it's been a while since we've seen her. The last time we saw her was when she was in the women's tournament to try to face Akara Shida for her AEW title. Yuka's amazing. The Magical Girl is amazing. If you guys have not seen Yuka, go check her out. She's absolutely incredible. And this match is in absolutely incredible. Guys, the Forbidden Door is getting kicked wide open this week. I mean wide open. I mean... You can only imagine what could possibly happen on Impact. What could happen on ROH? This door is literally just busted open. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible all this has been going on in AEW tonight. I'm kind of excited to find out what's going to happen on Impact. What could we see on Slammiversary? The sky's the limit as to what's going to What can we see on ROH? The sky's the limit as to what's going to happen. But Yuka, it's an incredible match. It really is. Of course, Yuka does win that match. And I'm happy to see the Magical Girl get it. I love it. It's incredible. It's a great match. 
Now we move on to the match that I was concerned about. The match that I had been worried about for the past couple of weeks, and we all know, but for those of you who don't know, Darby Allen has been challenged by Ethan Page to be involved in a coffin match. Now, guys, <clears throat> we've seen coffin matches in the past in other promotions. We know how coffin matches can be. They're grueling, they're dangerous, and they're downright dark. So, to put Darby Allen in this kind of a match, which is basically a home field advantage, absolutely incredible. And it is, I mean, it, this was a match I was really concerned about. And that, of course, is our main event for Fighter Fest Night 1. It is a coffin match. The rules are you have to incapacitate your opponent and put them in the coffin and close the lid. They, you have to completely incapacitate them where they can't get out and close the lid. It is Ethan Page versus Darby Allen. Now, they do come out without Sting and without Scorpio Sky, which makes it a little bit fairer because it seems to be an even match. Well, halfway through the match, we find out just how uneven it really is because Scorpio Sky happens to be hiding in the coffin. When Darby Allen lifts the lid, Scorpio Sky comes out and attacks Darby Allen. Well, Sting doesn't like that, so he comes out to even the odds and takes Scorpio Sky completely out of the match. Guys, this match is definitely not for the faint of heart. It is a seriously, really, 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 really dangerous and dark match. It is absolutely incredible. I mean, in freaking credible. <clears throat> it, it, it really is. It really is. And it ends, of course, with home field advantage. Darby Allen winning that winning that coffin match. He gets. <clears throat> Ethan Page into the coffin and closes the lid. But what he does afterwards is absolutely unbelievable. He grabs the coffin and drags it literally as close to the ring as he can get it. Gets up on the ring ropes and does. Now listen, this is not for the faint of heart. Keep in mind, Ethan Page is inside this coffin that he just put into place. Gets up on the ring ropes and dives off backwards doing a coffin drop through the coffin at Ethan Page. I'd say Ethan Page is done. I'd say, yep, Darby Allen won that one fair and square. There ain't no questioning that. Darby got it. If Ethan Page can come back from that, I'd like to see it. I really would like to see it. Now, the, uh, sometimes on my podcast, I like to do the one to watch us. The, the ones I'm, you know, it, matches that have got my attention, and I kind of want to share them with you guys. So maybe you guys, the listeners out there, can, if you're watching AEW or you want to catch it, you know, you get to see these matches. And these are some matches for Fighter Fest 2 that have got my attention. Now, remember, Fighter Fest 2 happens this Wednesday night on Dynamite. First one, of course, is Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose for the AEW title. I'm telling you guys, this is a match you don't want to miss. You need to see it. It's going to be an incredible match. If you can't see it on Dynamite, can't see it on Fight TV or one of your other, go look it up on social media the day after. I promise you guys, it, 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 it won't be a match. It will be a match you won't want to miss. It really will be. It's going to be a great match. Another one, of course, is Orange Cassidy versus Blade. We know what's been going on with Blade and Orange Cassidy and the feud there. So, we're going to get to see, a real, I think, a really good match between these two competitors. It's going to be really good. Another one, of course, is Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears, where Sean Spears gets to have a chair and Chris doesn't. That's what I'm telling you. You definitely need to watch because I'm telling you, I have a sneaky suspicion Sammy Guevara is going to show up in that match. I have a sneaky suspicion it's going to happen. 
And of course, the Texas Death Match for the IWGP World World United States Championship. I'm talking about John Moxley versus the Murder Hawk Monster Lance Archer. This is one I'm telling you. You, I'm telling you. You need to see this. If you don't watch any other match in AEW, this is the one that you need to see. It is a must-see match, and you're not going to be disappointed. Okay, guys, we're going to move on to Slammiversary for Slammiversary. Excuse me. Correction. Impact. Four seven fifteen. This is the final stop before Slammiversary on Saturday night. Guys, I'm telling you, you think AEW was incredible. You can only imagine what's going to happen before Slammiversary because Slammiversary is, for those of you who don't know, the WrestleMania for Impact. It is huge. It is absolutely huge. And I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. It's going to be incredible. But let's jump into the action. Of course, our first match is Tennille Dashwood with Caleb. That's Caleb with a K, guys. Caleb with a K versus Jordana Grace and Rachel Early. This is an incredible match. I mean, absolutely incredible. You've got Caleb in there who rarely ever fights. He's mostly Tennille's, you know, Tennille's manager. So he rarely fights. But he gives it all he's got against Jordana Grace and Rachel Early. And they literally... These, these guys bring the house down. They literally bring the house down. It's an incredible match. It's absolutely awesome, but it does end with Jordana Grace and Rachel Early getting the win. It's an incredible match. I'm not saying it isn't. It's absolutely spectacular. It is a great match, and you guys need to check it out. Well, I'm going to play y'all a little tidbit here. We do know that Dame Deanna Parazzi, the virtuosa herself, has found out a couple of last week from Jazz that she is going to have to face an opponent that she's never faced before. An unknown mystery opponent. She's not happy about it. And we know she's not happy about it. She is absolutely furious about this match. She's not liking the idea of being placed in a match like this. And so, with that being said... She's pretty much voiced her opinions on this, and I get it. I absolutely get it. I mean, Jordana Grace is absolutely incredible, so I get why she's upset. I, I completely and absolutely get it, but of course, this guy's, this clip I'm about to play is from the Impact Twitter page. It is taken from the Impact Twitter page. So I want you guys to give it a listen. This is what happens when Jordana Grace... Jordana Grace confronts Scott Demore about her mystery opponent. Take a listen. If I can so just it. before we go any farther, you're sure you don't want to wait for your representation before we handle this. Scott, I was advised before we sat down to not even not even look at it, let alone sign it. There is no upside whatsoever to signing a contract and not knowing who my opponent is. And look, Deanna, if you don't want to sign this, you don't have to. Your obligations as champion are clearly spelled out in your Impact Wrestling talent contract. This is more to cover off some loose ends, like winner's bonus, because you're obviously going to win, of course, because you're the virtuosa. Or, I mean, in the, in the just the, the minuscule chance that maybe possibly you don't win, like an automatic rematch clause, but if you don't want those things, the bonus, the rematch clause, anything in there, then we don't need that. We can go ahead without this. You don't even need to sign that. Honestly, Scott, I can't believe at this point you can't show me the respect that I deserve. I, I'm up to here with impact management lately. I am a two-time knockout champion. This division was an absolute shambles before I got here. 
I've taken this division to new heights. I've defeated greats like ODB. I've retired women like Jazz. Not to mention I won my knockouts championship from Jordan Grace. I'm the first ever Iron Woman of Impact Wrestling. The knockout of the year, the wrestler of the year. You don't think I deserve respect? I beat, and God knows where Taya Valkyrie is now, Rosemary to Neil. The list goes on and on. There is no knockouts anymore. I've stood atop this division for nearly a year now. And this is how you treat me? You know what? Fine. I mean, look, Diana, you have been a great knockouts champion, one of the best. And I know sometimes things around here get to be a little bit of a hot mess. But, 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 Slammiversary is truly going to be iconic. And I don't know, we're in Nashville here, things get crazy, might be a little hardcore country, but the fact is, no matter what, Deanna, it's gonna be a great night. I mean, you're the champ, nothing to worry about. Who cares who the challenger is? Scott, you're Deanna Brazos, you're the just, virtuoso! Are you really not gonna tell me who it is? <laughs> no way, Jose. Oh, you still haven't hired that person. Good luck on your match time at Slammiversary. feel so bad for Deanna Parazzi, guys. I really do. She is, she truly is, you know, great. She really is. She's absolutely fantastic. So to put her in a match with an unknown opponent, I can understand why she's frustrated. I can understand why she's mad. Now, for those of you, like I said, that is from the Impact Twitter page. If you want to go check it out, go to the Impact Twitter page and you will find it there. It's absolutely incredible. For those of you who are going, who was the other person that walked in the door and told her good luck on your match? That was Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer, guys. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at Slammiversary. I'm excited to see this, but I get where, you know, Virtuos is coming from. Deanna really has redefined the knockouts women's division. She really has. So to say that, I kind of feel bad for her, but I also kind of like Scott Demore maybe throwing out some hints as to who she may face. You know, Impact Wrestling is all about hints. So guys, go back and listen to the clip because you might catch a hint or two. You might catch something that you might have missed. So I'm telling you guys, it's going to be an incredible slammiversary, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Deanna Parazzi. I'm excited to see who her mystery opponent's going to be, and I get where she's coming from. If I was in her position, I would be just as frustrated as she is, and I want to thank Impact Twitter page for that clip because that was an incredible clip, and I love it. Absolutely incredible. So we move on. Knockout Tag Team Champion, Champion Tasha Steele versus... With Kira Hogan versus Havoc with Rosemary. Now, for those of you who are wondering, what is going on here? Why Slammiversary, we're going to see the Knockout Tag Team Championships put on the line. Tasha Steele and Kira Hogan, a.k.a. Fire and Flavor, faces Decay's own Rosemary and Havoc for those titles. Guys, this is going to be an incredible match. But before we get to this match, we get to see... Tasha versus Havoc. And it's an absolutely incredible match. It is absolutely incredible. These girls literally destroy each other. It is absolutely incredible. It does end, though, with Havoc getting the win. And basically, it's looking good for Rosemary and Havoc to take those titles off of Fire and Flavor. It's really looking like it's going to be a great match. And I love the fact that they got one up 
on the tag team champs prior to Slammiversary. It's going to be incredible, guys. It's it's just going to be incredible. I'm telling you, that pay-per-view is one one you're not going to want to miss. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss it because I know I'm going to be watching it. So I know you guys don't want to miss it either. So yeah, keep it, keep it, keep it on it. It's going to be incredible. I promise. One week ago, one week ago, we saw Kimberly. And she went, of course, to Father James Mitchell to try to get him to help Susan. To help kind of turn her back into Sue Lee and get her back to where she used to be. Kimber has been trying really hard. You know, they've been trying really hard to get back on their A game and get back to being, you know, possibly knockout tag team champions. They've worked really hard. And Kimber really has. I mean, after what happened with the Virtuosa and Dana Parazzi pushing them off and leaving them by themselves, pretty much, she's done everything. And she literally last week went to, you know, Father James Mitchell and goes, please, 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 please help her. We, we really need your help. We're begging you to help her. Please, 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 please. So we saw what happened last week. Him trying, them trying to get him to turn her back into soothing and of course the plan backfires the door opens and susan comes out kimberly's pacing back and forth waiting for an answer waiting for something anything that can help them out and susan comes out and tells her you know kimberly asks her are you okay you know is everything good are you all right are you did did he, did he, did he get it are we successful did our plan work and she asks him where's su ying what you where is she well Susan takes her glasses off, folds them up neatly, kind of sticks them in her pocket, looks at Kimberly and goes, I've always known about Suley. I know where she is. I've always known all along where she is. And she literally, like a light switch kicks on, guys, and she literally shifts like you would. I mean, this is not normal for Susan. She shifts. Kimberly realizes she's got herself into trouble, tries to run. Su Ying grabs her, pulls her through the door. Wicked laughter closes the door. Not quite sure what's going on with Kimberly and Su Ying, but this is going to be interesting to see exactly what happens and exactly what Kimberly just got herself into because she does not have Deanna Parazzi anymore to back her up. She's on her own, and I'm pretty much telling you she's probably bit off more than she can chew. Of course, now we have a match between Carl Hero and Stephen McKean. Stephen has been amazing. For those of you who don't know who Stephen McKean is, he is formerly known as Stephen Cutler from the Forgotten Sons. He has absolutely been on fire in Impact right now. Absolutely on fire. If you've not seen him, go look him up. This man is incredible. And this is a great match. It really is a great match between these two. Absolutely incredible match. It, of course, does end with him with Steve winning the match. After the match is over, he's been quiet all this time. We've not heard a sound out of him. We've not heard a peep. Steve has not said anything. He takes the mic and basically tells, just says these words, I'm tired of waiting. What does he mean by that? What's going on? Yeah, what's happening here? What does he mean? Does he want a, does he want a title shot? What's he going what is in game here? What is he tired of waiting for? It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Steve. Could we see Weston Blake Rich, you know, come to Impact? Could we see it? Could Weston actually come to Impact and we get a tag team? Could we get the two of them fighting? I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see what he means by this. A cryptic message, and I'm not quite sure what he means, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. 
Rosemary is sitting in the back and she's talking to Havoc. And they're getting prepared for their big matchup against Fire and Flavor for their titles. And Rosemary really, 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 really wants to get Havoc up to the level of Decay. She wants her to be, you know, part of Decay, to have that fire, that passion, you know, be right up there with them. So she finds Father James Mitchell and tells him, look, I need you to turn Decay, you know, turn Havoc into a member of Decay. I need you to do this for me. I really need her to be ready before we face for the tag titles. I want her to be on the same level as me. He likes it. So he decides, okay, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to go take Havoc. We're going to go to the back and I'm going to give you the Havoc you asked for. I'm going to give you the Havoc that is part of Decay. To help you get that possible win at Slammiversary for those titles. I'm going to give you what you asked for. And he walks off with Havoc and Havoc's kind of excited. Rosemary's excited. It's looking good for, looking good for Decay. Looking bad for Fire and Flavor. Looking really bad for them. Now we all know what's been going on with the X Division title. We know that there's going to be a six-way match between six members of the X Division, the X Division division, facing off for Josh Alexander's X Division title. We know this is going to be a X match, which I'll explain in a minute what an X match is for those of you who don't understand. But we know that that's going to be at Slammiversary and it's going to be a nasty fight. For those of you who don't understand what an X match is, an X match is you're in, they are in an octagon-shaped ring, octagon-shaped ring, with cables stretched out from one ring post to the other four across four ways. The title is literally laying on top of these cables suspended above. These cables go from one ring post to the other. There's no ladder. There's no nothing. you got to climb the ring post and shimmy across these cables to get to that title sitting dead center where X marks the spot. It's going to be a nasty fight. I'm telling you guys, this is going to be a grueling, nasty fight. The last time we saw an X match was in TNA. So we can only imagine what this one's going to look like with this many competitors in one match. But of course, we get an X Division match. X Division Championship, or champion, Josh Alexander, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, and Petey Williams versus Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Rohit Raju, and Shira. Guys, this is an incredible, incredible match. Absolutely incredible match between these six competitors. They literally are going to tear each other apart when it comes to that X match at Slammiversary. I'm telling you, this match is going to be a nasty match. But this match at Impact before Slammiversary is an incredible match. It's an absolutely spectacular match between these six competitors. It ends with, of course... Josh Alexander, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, and P.D. Williams winning that match. After the match, guys. After the match. We get a huge brawl. It breaks out between all the six competitors involved in this match. Absolutely nasty brawl between them. They are literally beating each other down, taking each other out. They finally clear the ring. They get the ring clear. Josh Alexander and them get the ring clear. Chris Bay shows his true colors. He truly shows that this match is going to be every man for himself. He takes a chair and hits all of his partners with that chair, taking them all out. Josh Alexander, Trey Miguel, and Petey Williams. He takes them all out. Showing 
Ace Austin and them, hey, this match is going to be every man for himself. There is not going to be any alliances. It's either we fight each other or I'm going to take you out. It's one way or another, but this is literally a free-for-all. We are going to be fighting each other. There is no teams. There is no buddy system. There is no nothing. And Chris Bay really shows what he means. Takes them all out. Well, Hernandez is in the back, and he's talking to Brian Myers. Brian Myers is really concerned about this whole thing, this issue he's having, not only with Jake something, but with Matt Cardona. He's having a serious issue with him, and he can't seem to get rid of either one of them. They're really, really bugging him. So, he's been trying to recruit somebody to help take out Jake something and Matt Cardona so he doesn't have a problem with him anymore. And he runs into Hernandez and he tries to convince Hernandez to team with him and help take out Matt Cardona and Jake something. Well, of course, Hernandez refuses and tells Brian, I'm not going to do it. Matt Cardona's your problem. He's not mine. I want nothing to do with him. Jake something's your problem. He's not mine. I want nothing to do with him. So, he turns and walks away. Well, we see Matt Cardona. We see... You know, Brian Myers, he looks a little befuddled, and all of a sudden he turns around and we see, but we can't see because this person's out of camera view, him talking to somebody else about the Matt Cardona and Jake something situation. Fast forward. We then see Brian Myers coming out with Sam Beagle to the ring and calling out Jake something and Matt Cardona. He wants them both to come out. He wants to face them. He wants to deal with them. Well, of course, Jake something does come. Matt Cardona comes with him. They're not coming alone. They're coming together. They don't want to deal with Brian Myers by themselves. Especially with Sam Beagle in there, it's not a fair fight. So they pretty much come together. Well, Jake something stands at the side of the ring. Matt Cardona goes in there and basically says, Look, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of your shenanigans, Brian Myers. I'm done with it. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I've had it up to here. And he takes a swing at at Sam Beagle and at Brian Myers, and he connects. Brian Myers hits the ground. He's literally kicking, stomping. Matt Cardona is beating the daylights out of Brian Myers. Brian Myers is pretty much rendered helpless. He doesn't have Sam Beagle because Jake something's got Sam Beagle. It's pretty much a done deal. Well, out of nowhere, in the middle of this crazy fight, Matt Cardona gets low blowed. And I mean, this ain't a nice low blow. This is a mean, nasty low blow. It takes Matt Cardona down to his knees. And it drops him straight to the floor. He is hurting. I mean, low, low, low blow. And who do we see that gave him the low blow? <laughs> Why not other than Tennille Dashwood? Now, for those of you who are scratching your head, go, wait a minute. Why did she attack Matt Cardona? For those of you who don't know, Tennille Dashwood and Matt Cardona have a nasty history. Nasty, nasty, nasty history. So I'm telling you right now, I love it. I love that Tennille Dashwood got one up on Matt Cardona. I absolutely love it that she got her sweet revenge for what he's done to her in the past. I absolutely love it. And we find out that Tennille Dashwood is going to be Brian Myers' partner at Slammiversary versus Matt Cardona. Now, there's a problem. Matt Cardona doesn't have a partner. And he knows he doesn't have a partner. So, he goes to Scott Demore. He's hurt. You got this to sell. He is hurt. He just got low-blowed by Tennille Dashwood. You know he's hurt. She's gloating. You know she is. And I'm gloating with her. But, he tells Scott Demore, Look, I've got to get Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood off my radar. I've got to take care of them now. I need help. Tell me tell me what I need to do. Scott Demore tells him, okay, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. 
you need to find you a partner for the mixed match tag, mixed match tag team match against Myers and Ashwood. And that match with your mystery partner will be at Slammiversary. Interesting. So who is Matt Cardona's opponent, uh, your partner, going to be? Got the head scratching because we all know, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to give you, again, you up to speed here. We all know that Matt Cardona's fiance, Chelsea Green, is on ROH. So that takes her out of the equation unless the forbidden door swings open. So who's his partner going to be? Got you scratching your head, got you boggling the mind as to exactly who's going to face he help him face Tennille Dashwood and Brian Myers. Guess you guys are gonna have to wait to slam anniversary to find out because I have no idea otherwise. I'm just as boggled as you guys. Interesting to see who we could possibly see because we all know Slam anniversary is famous for surprises. It's full of surprises. We never know what to expect. We never know who's going to show up. And now that the forbidden door is there, oh, the sky's the limit as to who can show up. Interesting to find out. See who Matt Cardona's partner is going to be. Wait for Slammiversary. Moose versus Hernandez. Of course, Johnny Swinger does come out with him. We know what happened last week. Of course, Chris Sabian was in the Swinger's Palace. Basically, everybody knows. I'm not going to go into it again with the Swinger's Palace. Is. If you don't know what it is, go look it up. Uh, he was in there about to make a bet on some matches and play a few rounds of cards when Moose attacked him from behind. So who didn't see Hernandez and Johnny Swinger coming out there to deal with Moose? Who didn't see it happening? That guy's, Moose is a dominant, he's a dominant force. He was a dominant force in TNA and he's a dominant force in Impact. You can only imagine what this match is going to turn out to be. And it's an incredible match. It's absolutely incredible match. Hernandez gives it all he's got, even though in your mind, you know it's a lost cause. He gives it all he's got. And, of course, Moose does win that match. But after the match, he wraps a steel chair around Hernandez's leg. Who comes out? Chris Sabian, swinging for the fences. He almost connects, almost hits Moose, square in the head with a chair. He clears the ring. Absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking, but it was an incredible, incredible way to set up Moose versus Sabian at Slammiversary. Incredible way to set it up. Going to be interesting to see what happens between those two at Slammiversary. Who's going to win? Going to be interesting to see. You got two powerhouses going against each other. Be interesting to see. And now we move to our main event, guys. We all know that at Slammiversary, there is going to be four tag teams in a grueling fight to determine who's going to be the winner of the Impact World Tag Team Championship matches. Championship tag titles. We know that that match is coming. We know that it consists of VOD, Violet by Design. We also know that it consists of the Good Brothers, not Gallows and Carl Anderson. We know it consists of Swan and Willie Mack, and we know that TJP and Faha Baha are going to be in this. This is going to be an incredible match. Absolutely incredible. But to set up the match, our main event is Joe Donnery with Violet by Design versus Doc Gallows. Absolutely incredible match, guys. It's absolutely incredible. Of course, we also, Willie Mack is in that match and also is Faha Baha. 
absolutely incredible. You've got four of the best competitors who are actually in tag teams that are going to be battling out for this title, for these titles. And everybody, we know the Good Brothers have had these titles before, and we all know who they lost them to. In case you guys don't know who they lost them to, I'm going to tell you. They lost them to the Forbidden Doors, none other than New Japan Pro Wrestling's Finjuice. For those of you who don't know who Finjuice is, they are Juice Robinson and David Finley. I'm telling you guys, this match, we've not seen Finjuice since they lost the titles to VOD. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you put former tag team champions into a match against, and could we see Finjuice show up? It's highly possible. Highly possible. But it's an incredible match either way between these four competitors. Great match. It ends, of course, with Joe Donnery and Violent by Design winning that match. Setting up for Slammiversary. Guys, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen Slammiversary, you need to go check it out. If you haven't seen it, or if you didn't want to see it, you need to go watch it. Slammiversary is going to be an incredible, incredible pay-per-view. In the past, we've seen a lot of surprise entrances come into Slammiversary, guys. I'm telling you, we've seen a lot of surprising people show up. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss Slammiversary. If you do happen to miss it, I have a surprise for you. Next week. Aha! Here we go. Next week. On my podcast. For everyone to see and everyone to hear. I am going to have. So pay attention. Make sure you're on. Make sure you catch it. A podcast double feature pay-per-view extravaganza. Come one, come all. It will be Money in the Bank and Slammer Impact Slammiversary in a double feature. Guys, you don't want to miss this pay-per-view special. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a fantastic podcast. There's going to be a lot of exciting surprises. I promise you guys, you don't want to miss it. Again, next week on my podcast, we are going to have the pay-per-view double feature extravaganza of Money in the Bank and Impact Slammiversary. Be there, be square, guys. You're gonna if you if you miss out, you're gonna miss out on something incredible and amazing. I promise you, it's gonna be worth it. Tell your friends, tell them on social media. Catch in the ring with Brandy next week for the podcast double feature pay-per-view extravaganza of Money in the Bank and Slammiversary. I want to thank you guys for listening. Because without you guys, there would be no Endering with Brandy. And I appreciate it every week that you guys are, you know, getting on there. Tell your friends. Tell them to go check it out. I do this because of you guys. You guys are wrestling fans like me. And you have the same passion and the fire that I do. And that's why I do this every week. I do it for you guys. I do it for you guys who love wrestling like I do. Tell your friends. If they're wrestling fans, tell them to get on here and listen to it. Shout it from the rooftop. Skyride it if you like. Just get them to listen because I'm telling you, it's an incredible podcast. And you guys, I really appreciate those of you who do. I really do. I appreciate it. Also, tell your friends to hit me up on social media. Follow me on social media. On my Facebook. On my Twitter at Wrestling Nights. Nights with a Z. And on my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. 
get on there. We can talk about anything. It doesn't have to be WWE. It can be, you know, AEW. It can be Impact. It can be New Japan. It can be Lucha Libre. It can be whatever you guys want to talk about wrestling-wise. Even if you want to give me a shout-out about what you think of the podcast, I would love to hear you guys' opinions because I love to hear from you guys. Without you guys, there wouldn't be a me, and I deeply appreciate it. Again, guys, I want to thank you so much. And again, don't miss... The podcast double feature pay-per-view extravaganza. It's going to be worth it. I promise it'll be worth it. You're going to love it. Gonna uh, Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, without you, there would be no me. I deeply appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next time with more wrestling action. Have a wonderful night and enjoy Money in the Bank and Slammiversary. Good night, guys.